it's been fun to do this right here. Uh, I'm just say it's easier for me to do guys than it is to do ladies, probably because I hang out with guys more often than I do with ladies. So uh, I brought these guys up here at the end. I actually went through back in January and kind of pinpointed uh, all these guys. And I didn't tell them until this week, so I didn't want them to stress out or anything. But, uh, yeah, but we, we've gone through Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 8, since we've had the last group of people up here, which was our mothers, and our mothers did a, a phenomenal job. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things from that. Uh, but in light of Romans chapter 7, and eight, when we talk about sin's use of the law and just understanding uh, probably the power of sin, how the power of sin works on our head, which includes the brain and the mind, two different things. Brain collects information and the mind processes the information. And uh, how do you appropriate that for your own personal life? How do you understand uh, what the power of sin is? All these things that are kind of complicated for, I'd say, the uh, common believer. They don't hear the ins and outs of how this thing up here works. They just hear this is what I'm supposed to do as a believer. And the expectations and the uh, obedience level is high on most believers. But we've literally come through Romans 7 and 8, And it says, Paul says, I don't understand why I do the things that I don't want to do because their nature, the new heart has has been uh, replaced, has replaced the old nature, the sinful nature. And but we still mess up. We still make tough decisions. So uh, I brought these men up here because they've been through some tough decisions. They've been through uh, some former ways of thinking and I just want to, to hear from them. Brent, I'm going to start with you first. You may have the toughest uh, story up here, but uh, you guys know Brent uh, and his uh, family out here. Uh, they lost their son in uh, Thanksgiving weekend, Chase. And, uh, yeah, it's all good. I told him I was going to protect him up here, but it's all good. Uh, you've obviously been through major crisis, uh, and you're coming here every week. Every week, your family's helping with coffee and donuts. Why are you here? Because I like donuts. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next. (laughs) No, that's funny because Kendall today asked me why I never... I don't get a donut when I when I get here, and uh, there. And I, when I was a kid, I could eat a whole box. I mean, there was no problem. Um, but it's just something I was able to say no to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think, if, and for me, and I, I can't speak for you know the Danas and Kendall and, and Joel that are here today, but I use a lot probably for therapy. You know, I I feel like I use this more than I ever give back. All right. So I just don't feel like I have a lot to give, but I can take a lot. I already have. 
So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's difficult. Every week is difficult. This week was, as we talked uh, Wednesday night, it was difficult. So. Are, are you able to hear things? Obviously, uh, you came right at the right time as we break into Romans and you're hearing from these men and women over these months. Are you hearing things that are helping you process? Um, yeah, for sure. And I, I'm even able to articulate that to other people like that wow. I work with and stuff when I, you know, go to these lunches and stuff that I do with them and, and tell them what this place is about and, you know, stuff that I've learned. And it's still a learning process, and I'm nowhere near anywhere that I probably need to be. Um, I know it's a slow process. It's a grind. But, yeah, it's a lot of it has has taken in that, you know, I grew up in a uh, Methodist family. My mom and then my sister. But my, my mom, she was the one that took us to church every week. And it was the little farmhouse church that you can imagine back in the seventies that didn't have running water. There was an outhouse. So that was fun, especially on hot days like today. You can imagine what an outhouse smells like. Um, so that's kind of where we went. And then, and that was down what we called the country, but down in Harrison County. And then when I got into high school, we, we went to a, a Methodist church that was at least in new Albany, which was nice. Um, didn't have to get up at 6 a.m. to go to church. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's the, the learning part of the whole grace thing and knowing that, you know, you don't have to do all of the things and the rules and, and still feel good about yourself at the end of the day. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's relieving, you know, um, but... I, I actually enjoy coming here now where I could never say that before going to church because it was always like a job and a job you didn't like, you know, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, here we go. All right. And then you go through the, you know, okay, here's what we're doing today. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that was the same thing we did last week and the week before and the week before. So yeah, I got it. <laughs> but yeah, but I missed that part and that part. So, well, uh, we're glad that you're here. Uh, you know that, uh, obviously that week, your whole family, your family was like, obviously they didn't want to go through the crisis, but maybe, maybe there's a, uh, something good that you find a family here out of this thing. Uh, and that's our prayer for you and your family, Dana and Joel and, that you feel comfortable here, that this is a place that's going to love on you and walk through the chaos with you. Yeah. Uh, last question I want to ask you, in the midst of the pain, where are you finding joy right now? Mm. <laughs> Not a whole lot of places. It's all good. Yeah, it, it's, and I talk to uh, a lot of friends and family and everything when everything happened.
And right then it was very tough. And I even told him, like, I just want to be happy again. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to enjoy. Yeah, it's all good. So places to find that have been very tough. Yeah. Now they have gotten better since that week, but it's still a roller coaster ride. Yep. It really is. And yeah. I know it will be for years to come. But hopefully it's, you know, more enjoyable than than not. Right. Yeah, we talked a little bit this week about that, just getting through the first year of things and all that. And, you know, I think about uh, Micah and Shannon and just celebrating Anna Grace's birthday this week. And that's the hard, hard stuff. Uh, but there is there is hope. There is great joy uh we know we will all be together eventually soon all of us all together for eternity which is uh a beautiful thing so i appreciate you being up here this morning and i know it's not easy for you yeah and uh, also i would just say thank you not just to you but to everybody and i know last month we had a a parade of crumble cookies come to our house (laughs) which you know I'm okay with, but I can say no to those. My wife cannot, so trust me, most of those got got eaten. And uh, I would say thank you to everybody for prayers or coming by, say hi, even if it was try to, you know, um, put it down and dash. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, we, we really appreciated it, so thank you. Know that you're loved. All right. Uh, yes. Of course. Thank you. It's a good word. Pass it down to the hippie, please. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about sin. <laughs> Billy, you hand me that mic right there. Robert, uh, Robert, say your last name so everybody. Baldonado. Yeah, pretty easy. Uh, I. I want to hear about your journey, your choice to come here. Obviously, you married Haley, which is one of my kids. Uh, When I say my kids, just in my youth group from when she was a punk. uh, She still is. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But you married Haley, and you were deeply involved in your own church. And people, uh, you come here, and people look at you like, who is this dude? Uh, tell just tell me a little bit about your choice to come here rather than your your other place. Uh, so I grew up in the church my whole life. I come from a family of uh, eight, six kids, and I was the fifth. So we'd always been in church, and we've been going to, or we'd living been living here for a long time since a uh, long time. I'm pretty young, so it's probably not a long time to some of you guys. But anyways. I ramble. I'm sorry. I don't do well in front of people. That's how I should have started. I don't do well in front of talking in front of people. So if I start rambling, I apologize. But I grew up in the church um, and had been going to the same church for a long time. Went to school there um, and ended up leaving the church for a few years uh, through decisions I made and feelings I got from other humans. And then uh, started going back to the church, but I didn't want to do the whole 
go find a church that I trusted and knew and liked. And so I just went back to the church I had gone to because I, I did trust them and I liked most people there. But there was a sense that I wasn't, the acceptance part wasn't necessarily there, I guess. The feeling of like people wanting me back in the church per se, I don't know. So then um, I knew I still wanted to go to church, but I didn't like the feeling I was getting from the church I was at just because it felt like people knew my past and they kind of held on to that and only saw that and didn't see someone who was just trying to get back with Jesus at that point. And then I met the beautiful angel over there and started coming here with her. And we were doing like a one week here, one week there thing. And there was just, like I said, there was a comfortability and an acceptance here. Whether people knew my past or not, it was just a, a, a sense of love and just want like, wanting you here almost just people were accepting of you and you could just talk to them and they opened up as if they'd known you for a long time so it was just after i don't know maybe three four months of going back and forth we were sitting at the house one day and i just kind of looked at haley and was like hey i think we should just go to levner full time i think that would be what's best in this sense spiritually yeah so you came here based upon fellowship yeah uh but what are you gleaning from here that may be, you may have not heard before? The, the, the freedom message, the fact that we're free to live our lives. will the spirit will change us and make us better throughout that. But I felt like at my other church, it was more of, and this could have been my own misunderstandings of what I was being taught, but I felt like there was a, sense of things I needed to do. I had to constantly try not to sin. And every time I did, I need to ask for forgiveness and make sure that everything was right. And there were a lot of days I'd go to bed feeling like I'm a terrible person and I'm not doing this right. And I don't know why. And I'll have to figure it out tomorrow type of a thing. But then here it was more of just, like I said, the acceptance of just come as you are type of thing. Yeah. And learn to grow through everyone else, learn and see that we're all, yes, we're all humans, but they're like you say all the time, we're all saved. We're all made holy through Jesus. And just seeing that you can live that life while still being a quote unquote sinner or having sinful nature is something I've really picked up from Levner. It's like, I'm, I don't have to feel bad about the things I do and the sins that might happen currently. Uh, so can you be a hippie and love Jesus at the same time? Yes, I think you can. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a good example, I think. Uh, if you don't know Robert, you're missing out. Like, he may intimidate you just because he doesn't look like you, uh, but he's got an incredible heart and just a, a good soul and uh, a fun-loving guy. And uh, I wanted him up here today just so you can feel... Like, you need to get to know him. You need to get to know Robert. He looks like Jesus. Thanks, Luke. It's a good compliment. Uh, Jesus is definitely with Robert. Uh, Robert, I love you, brother. I I love you too, Rusty. Uh, All right, Bogdan. Bogdan is my... this This one's not on. There we go. Check, check. There you go. Uh, Bogdan, how long have I known you? 
think uh, 2005. 2005, you were coming to the North Campus at Northside. You came with the Danny DeSalvo. You were working at Roche, and uh, so I've known you for 16 years now, and ha- we have been through a lot together. Can you can you share just a little bit? You've been up here before, and you've shared some of your own personal struggles. Can you just give a little glimpse of that? Yeah. Um it's uh it's it's one of those uh, one of those deals with uh walking by the flesh or walking by the spirit and uh coming here you know you hear things you 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 hear the message but you don't necessarily understand it and uh it it, it was a process that we i think we walked through for for a while and uh, uh you know to my 20s and and 30s you know I was a I was a go-getter i was you know i was a fighter i wanted to try to control everything and do everything and the more i walked by the by the flesh the more i you know struggled with depression with anxiety and ultimately alcoholism and uh it be it, it got to one of those points where it was out of uh, out of control out of you know i just spiraled but and it was a recurring thing you know and i uh, i consciously knew what i was doing but didn't understand why and uh I sought every every type of treatment out there, every program, everything. You know, when I'm used to sitting at a table like this, I used to introduce myself, hi, I'm Bogdan, I'm an alcoholic. And uh, I think it was like nine or ten years ago, I'm talking to Rusty, and I'm like, I just don't get this, man. I don't get it. And Rusty tells me one day, he's like, Bogdan, you're not an alcoholic. And uh, the next week or the one after there was a nice message that he had i think that was one of one of the most important ones to me and i think it it started out where he alluded to uh, uh the book of genesis 3 when uh, adam and eve come from behind the the bush you know the, god's asking them where are you you know we're hiding we're naked we're ashamed and he says who told you that and i think that was like the first time i i i put it together with the identity piece you know no you know we preach knowing who you are um you know, as far as the Bible goes, I think that's the first the, one of the first parts where you know who told you that you're whatever you know, and that 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 rung with me because nothing, any bad thought doesn't come from God. So that I think that changed my trajectory, you know, um, tremendously. You, you're probably the only person I know that got kicked out of an AA meeting. I, I I rebelled because it was uh, I, I tried to work their program and I went for for a few years and uh, it didn't make sense because you start you introduce yourself you tell them who your identity is that you're an alcoholic that you're helpless that you can't do anything and uh, but you can't reference God as your higher power and uh, I said yes yes you can and um, you know I I even argued with a guy saying no a stick or a broom or a door cannot you're ridiculous man get out of here. Uh, so yeah, and so why did they ask you to leave? You know, I think I think it's my persistence that God is the only uh, higher power there is. It's irrefutable. Jesus is our Savior, um, and I even made it a point to them. You know, if they reference other other saviors, I said, well, did he conquered the grave. You know, uh, so I I got to the point where I was frustrated, where I just didn't care. Yeah, but I, I was not going to deny my belief, and that was that was the end of it. And I think uh, I've never been back. Yeah. So, 
obviously you you talked about uh, understanding the identity point, but you uh, obviously had some lows. What was the, the the turning point for you? What what kicked it in for you? I think there was a time when, um, boy, it's um, I think it's been a while. Um, sitting in a jail cell overnight and and really having some thoughts and just being at ease with not. For some reason, not there, there was no worry, there was no fear, there was no. The only thoughts that I had, I was like, I just felt relief, and for some reason, my I, uh, my whole life that had been up to that point just like flashed before me, and, and you could see that nothing mattered other than God, and it's it's almost like God spoke to me, and I was, I don't know, uh, I was I was probably the freaky guy in there that just was like, it's over, it's over, you know, and. Uh, you you just walk differently. You still struggle. Less than uh, less than I used to. Quite a bit less. Um, we all know about Leah. Leah posted a couple months ago that she's now struggling with the same issue, and she's actually in rehab. And uh, you you got to see her yesterday. Kids got to see her yesterday. How's she doing? she's doing all right. Um, she struggles with the, you know, spiritual warfare and it comes in different ways. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the blessings that I have is knowing that I can walk this walk with her and help her and be there for her and guide her and encourage her and know her that nothing really matters. I mean, nothing, you know, nothing earthly really matters. You know, uh, we have our family, we have our health, and uh, there's nothing more you can really ask for, so we're just going to work with her, whatever that looks like. You obviously uh, hearing this. Do you consider that you've had a rough journey? I've had a great journey. Our our pains and struggles is what 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 sets us what's what what keeps our faith growing. I think my uh, my. Uh, My my belief and my my understanding on who I am has grown through through the struggles. So I'm thankful for it. It's a good word. Good word. All right, Sven, pick up the mic down there. Uh, if you don't know uh, Sven, we actually both have master's degrees from the same seminary, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's a piece of paper. Uh, and in that, we obviously had a lot of professors, multiple professors that probably all had different interpretations of the word. And we went down there and became scholars. Uh, and then you, we both, I ended up in Indianapolis and Stacy was from Indianapolis. You ended up here. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time we really met, even though we were at the same school. Uh, and then they went to another Southern Baptist church, Fall Creek, and we had volleyball. Uh, and so we invited them to come play volleyball. And I would recruit my Sunday school teachers uh, because they were my youth volleyball team just so I could beat their team. <laughs> Fall Creek. That's why Dan and Stacy Lukey are with me all these years. And uh, we, we recruited Sunday school teachers just that could play volleyball. Just to we were good. really good. We were good. Yeah, we beat you a few times. 
I don't remember that, but anyway, okay. <clears throat> but growing up Southern Baptist, uh, coming from that, uh, and where you are now, uh, can can you kind of give a background of your faith at that point and yeah. where you are where you are now? Yeah. Um, so naturally coming from a, a Southern Baptist, um, perspective there, there's a, um, an element of rigidity in, in, you know, you, you don't drink, you don't chew, you don't date girls that do that kind of a thing. And, um, so I didn't, so Stacy doesn't chew. Um, <laughs> but, um, so it's interesting because with within my within my family, my parents have really gravitated to 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 a pretty strict perspective, um, and and I think I told you in in my response that I don't know that I would ever classify I ever would have classified myself as a as a legalist, um, but I, I would have as a behavioralist, and maybe I'm just trying to paint myself with a, with a nicer color yeah, paint. Yeah. Um, but, um, there were, were certainly, uh, behaviors that, uh, were important to avoid. And I did a really good job through my high school years, college years, all my adult life of avoiding those behaviors. And, um, I was, uh, I mean, I was always the good guy and, and I didn't do anything overtly wrong. Um, and as I began to evaluate why was that, um, I didn't fall on the side of, well, it's because that's how I'm supposed to be. But I fell on the side of, well, if I, if I do those behaviors, th- then I'm going to upset God, right? He's going to be really disappointed with me. So I would try my hardest to, to not make those grave mistakes. And so, um, as, uh, as I went through my adult life and then finally entered into, uh, the ministry that we, that we do, um, I was really confronted with a, a strong sense of, of, Legalism and how it's really intertwined within religion, um, and and as I looked deeper into it, it re- just repelled me, um, and I began to understand the difference between um, sticking to a a, um, a set of behaviors or avoiding other behaviors because I want to make God happy with me, um, and and am gravitating to, uh, I don't think I've fully made that journey yet, but am gravitating to a, a far more relational understanding. Um, and, uh, and, and so what's interesting, I think in my story is that I deal, I deal a lot with, um, well, I work with international college students, and and one of the largest constituencies that we that I deal with are are Muslim students. Um, and if you know anything about Islam, it's a hundred percent legalism. It's it's 
complete and total law. Um, and so engaging with them and seeing the futility of law, because none of them can, can keep their own stupid little laws. And, uh, and, and so I'm just bashing my head against the wall. And, and then I just, every once in a while, I get a glimpse that, oh, you know what, Sven, you weren't a whole heck of a lot different, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, so, so that's given me like a, a slightly different perspective. Yeah. Uh, how, how has that now that you, cause you went into this ministry yes. before you started unpacking some of this thing. And so right. as you're unpacking this thing, how yeah. is it changing your, your, your fishing from a different perspective? Yeah. So and what's interesting is that, um, so we began this ugh, like 13 years ago or something. And, um, what really propelled me to unpack all of that uh, was actually not the church. It, it, it was my engagement with Muslims uh, because they would ask me, well, why do I believe what I believe? And then I'd have to really sit down and try to figure this out. Um, and, and so it was with them driving me deeper into, into scripture that I began to, that I began to see the grace of God through the whole story from Genesis one, all the way on, um, being the predominant theme. And, and, uh, so what, what's interesting in our, in, in my discussions with these guys, it used to be, um, I would try to point out that they weren't keeping up their own law and therefore God from their perspective, would have to be mad at them. And they were just kind of walking through life with their fingers crossed um, and hoping for the mercy of God at the end of time. That's, that's Islam. Um, and, and so I would try to point out the futility of that to them. Well, that's stupid because they already know the futility of that. They know that they're, they're not measuring up by their own standards. And so um, over the past few years, my message has kind of shifted to one um, where God's grace and love has been expressed um, and is tangible and it's here right now and you're missing it, right? So there's there's a pretty dramatic shift. So that's how my message has shifted with them for the most part. Has it uh, shifted within your family? I'm glad you asked that, Um, sort of. (laughs) Um, Yes, I think think that's – that's very fair. If, um, if you would ask, uh, my, my oldest child, who's 29 now, um, whether she grew up in a, in a, um, oppressive legalistic home, I think she would give you a hearty amen. Um, which is sad, but I think if you ask the younger two, um, they have a slightly different perspective because we have shifted. Stacy and I have shifted pretty dramatically um, in in the way that we we relate to them, and that's because our theology has has shifted pretty dramatically as well. So um, don't misunderstand that. We still expect decent behavior. Um, <laughs> Michaela. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But what's interesting is is that there, um, there there's no condemnation behind um, how we how we relate to them now compared to ten fifteen years ago. 
like like me teaching from one perspective and then teaching from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You go back, like you used to teach a parenting class. <laughs> you remember that, huh? Oh, yeah. I do. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. You ever think about going back and just like... No, I try not to think about that. <laughs> I do actually wish, just really predominantly as it relates to, to my family, I do wish that I could go back 20 years, 25 years. Right. I really do. Because I think had I done that, um, it, it, it would have transformed... Um, our family pretty dramatically. Um, and that's not to say at all that, that we're some shining example oh, yeah. of godliness and all of that, right? Um, because I still screw up more than the rest of them combined. Um, but yeah, I do, I do wish that I could just turn back the clock. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't quite figured out how. Um, Facebook helps. Well, well, not for your family, but for like me doing ministry, being able to reconnect with some of my former students gotcha. and just being able to communicate a different, the same gospel, just a different perspective mm-hmm. and uh, obviously not condemning. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Finn. Uh, Mike, you're next. Mike, say your last name for everybody. Schneezy. All right. Mike, you've... Uh, had your share of struggles uh i'll let you convey what you want on that arena uh but it, i guess my real question is why why do you come here every sunday and listen um i guess some of my struggles i i dated a lot of girls that did chew so i mean that, uh, that's a pretty big struggle yeah. Did you say they're from Wisconsin, Brandon? So, <laughs> but uh, I guess the, the simple is I'm in recovery for alcohol and drug addiction. Um, I mean, like a lot of people here, I think I struggled at first with what that meant to me. You know, am I an alcoholic? Am I an addict? And obviously that's changed over the years. How I came to uh, be here um, my sister and I, I, I hate my sister, Kim, and I hate calling him my brother-in-law. Wait, you he, just said I hate my sister. No, no, <laughs> it's my sister, Kim, but my brother-in-law, and I hate calling him my brother-in-law because okay. he's probably my, one of my best friends. Um, I was so lucky to have them introduce me to this. Uh, I got out of treatment for my second time in, uh, in one year and decided to with my sister's suggestion to move to Indianapolis and uh, they brought me to Leavener and at that time it was different. The stage was up front and I remember just sitting here that first, I mean, I'd been in Indianapolis probably 24 hours and was sitting here and I had never heard anything like this and uh, it just resonated in me. And I went home, and for the next probably month, I listened to three or four sermons Rusty gave every night while I was going to bed. Just sat there and listened. Man, I just, it just started clicking with me. And I started getting into, like, man, take this thing in context. Read the Bible. Like, I realized I, I didn't hate God. I, I had hate, been hating religion 
and it just changed for me. Like I started reading the Bible in context. I started, you know, branching out, listening to like Andrew Farley. Uh, I started going to Luke's Bible study, which is one of the things I wish I still could do. It, uh, I mean, and I was thinking about this week, I learned more about the Bible, not talking about the Bible, at that Bible study, if that could make any sense. I never met a group of guys that uh, got together and talked about Jesus and how it applied their life until I went to that Bible study. So, so it, it, was a, it was a game changer. Yeah. Uh, what does your faith mean to you right now? Um, well, I guess I could share like where I'm at right now with things that I struggle with or things that I, uh, maybe it's easier if I just kind of explain the story. Like I've been wondering what it means to me lately. Like what does it mean to turn it over? What's that really look like to me? And now that I have identity in my life and I understand it and I understand what I mean, um, I'd always wanted, I felt like I was failing because I didn't have like this Saul to Paul moment, you know, like why, you know, like I, I felt like I was just going to, you know, have this like tingly feeling. I'm going to be walking around and I didn't, but now it's like Bob Warren talks about like discerning your thoughts. I'm able to see the truth now because I understand my identity in Christ. And so like, I'm driving to work and I listen to worship music in the morning for like 15 minutes because it puts me in a good head before I go to work. And I started thinking, you know, the other day I'm having some trouble with a coworker. I'm like, why don't you just go on mic and just be nice? Because that's who you are. You know, arguing with them, that's not who you are. You are a nice person. Go in and be the light. And then I realized that is me turning it over. Like, it's not the big things in life. It's the little things that I do every day that... God puts in front of me, and that I'm able to see that now. I actually did have a Saul to Paul moment, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you talk about knowing knowing the truth and your struggles with the addiction. Would you say so your struggles with addiction was more feelings and emotions versus what you know now? Well. For me, I do go to a 12-step program. Um, I struggled with that for a long time. Because, I, you know, when you start going, you're going five days a week, six days a week. And it, it starts turning into that. Like, how many meetings is enough? Should I go to 10? Should I go to 12? And uh, I struggled with that. And now, just long story short, I go to one meeting a week. And I think I, because I, I see who I am. And God is, has omnipresence, like, so it doesn't matter where I go. He's always there. That I, I need to be there because now when I go to meetings, I share about identity. I can almost make every share I have identity somewhere in there. So you're about to get kicked out too then. <laughs> no, you know what? People are coming up to me, though, asking what I'm talking about. They see something different. They're like, I have not heard this. Like, what do you mean you're, you can enjoy life? You can go out and in your struggles, you're, you, you know, you still are happy. Like they, people don't get that. And I think people need to hear that. And I've stopped trying to preach to people about this. Cause at first, you know, when you start getting this identity thing, you want to, yeah, yeah. you want to really get yeah. on people that you're like talking to people. They're like, 
this guy needs to back up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you, I, you learn. You learn eventually. You learn, and all of a sudden, I'm like, okay. Hey. So now I just like you hear so much. I just try to be the light. I go in there and I talk a little bit, share my story, talk about identity, and you know, it's it, it's helped me with that too. Uh, your your story is valuable this morning. Thank you. Uh, it's it's an issue. It's an issue, and you're not the only one in here. I feel like 80% of people here either play an instrument or have an addiction problem. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't going to learn to play an instrument. So. <laughs> I have never heard that. <laughs> I've never heard that. That is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be laying in bed tonight thinking about that. For a I'm sorry. Some have both. Oh man! <laughs> All right, Bill, you're the last one. Bill, so I, I don't. Uh, it's on. It's on. I don't play an instrument, so. <laughs> you're in the twenty percent. Okay. <laughs> uh. I just want people to know you in here. You come in here with your wife, Anna, and your family uh, right here. You've been coming for years now. I ask you the same question. Why are you, why are you coming? Well, let me, let me start by uh, saying what got us here in the first place, and that was through prayer, really. Um, for years, I had prayed for both of my sons to be able to find a church family. And um, I just prayed that prayer a lot. And then one day, my oldest son, Mike, came up to me and said, Hey, I heard about this church. Uh, These guys that I'm working with on a job site, I think he said their name was Getchell. Uh, But these two brothers, all they can talk about is this church they go to. And he says, I think we're going to check it out. I said, that's awesome. Where do they meet? Well, they meet in a bar. I'm like, okay. Um, what's the preacher's name? Who's who's he? Well, he doesn't like to be called preacher. He likes to be called a teacher. And I'm like, wait a minute. With my legalistic background as a kid, this isn't adding up. But I'm I'm knowing that God is saying, here's your answer. So um, then we came. Me and Anna came, and um, I knew right away it was different. Uh, I heard the message, Jesus died one time, and I'd been struggling with the guilt of sin my whole life. If we didn't come out of church feeling more guilty than we went in as a kid, something was wrong. You're doing something wrong. So uh, it was very freeing. It took me a while to get there. Anna was was there day one, day one. Um, after the first couple of times, I'm like, where's the altar call? I mean, you got to have an altar call <laughs> to be able to tell Jesus that you messed up between last time and this time. Um, that didn't happen. And about the fourth, the fourth Sunday here, I walked out knowing and feeling free. Uh, and I won't look back. Mm. Yeah, I uh, said that many times coming from, you know, Spin and my background and 
teaching from one perspective and now teaching from a different perspective, I'll never go back to the yeah. old way. Uh, how's this message impacting your family? Well, they're probably seeing a different bill these days, I would think. Um, we've, we've always been blessed. I mean, we've had health. Um, these people are my life here. We just have a closeness that, um, that I know comes from God. He, he allows us to enjoy that relationship that we, had, we have every day. We're just very blessed, and it's, um, it's now even more obvious to me where all that comes from. Yeah, your mom was coming here, and yeah. she's with Jesus now. She is. Uh, what would you say that was like for her being here? She was going to the church that, that we were going to just before we, we came here. She hung out with her friends in the one section, and we were in another section. And um, um, She came a couple of times and then went back to the other church. I thought this was very interesting. And um, the minister came up to her and said, hey, Eva, where where you been? Well, I'm, I'm kind of looking at another church right now. And her friends chimed in, and it embarrassed my mom greatly. Uh, don't ask her the name of it or where it's at, because she doesn't know. <laughs> so that, that really did affect her somewhat. But uh, anyway, she, she started coming. We'd pick her up and bring her. And she fell in love with this. I mean, this was at the end of her life to be here is a big, big deal. So I think she felt that freedom like we were feeling it. Mm. So how's this impacted your relationship between you and Anna? It's been very good. 44 years. And uh, I got to say, I love her more now than ever. Mm. So we feel, we talk to each other when one of us is down, you know, the other one can say the right things a lot of times because of the base that we're, we're having now. Um, and bring the other one up happens a lot, but uh, we both you you can tell we both feel free and um, overall, I guess the best thing is I know I realize how blessed I am right on yeah yeah and it's not because of this it's because of what he, sure. he yeah it's what he's he's done here we yeah. we can promote this and talk about this and this is wonderful beautiful i mean to be able to have you up here all that they've been through going through is all out here as well that this is normal people that have like become just supernatural people because of what Christ has done in us. And because you can grasp that supernatural understanding of who you are, your identity, it makes this thing so much greater. And this is what makes the light, Mike, in the world is that not that I have a Christian responsibility or duty, but it's just me. I'm a good person because Jesus made me that way. 
he made me holy, he redeemed me, he forgave me one time, one time. And I walk in that forgiveness. I walk in it every day, thanking him for it, not having to ask him for it every day, but just thanking him for forgiveness. I thank you for being transparent, honest, open, and just loving our our people today. I'm excited. Uh, The next couple of weeks, Rob Duffy will be here next week, and he'll wrap up Chapter 8 for us. And uh, he's got a great story to share. I've known Rob for a long time as well through Northside, and uh, I'm excited about him being here. And then we leave for camp that day. We get on the vans and we go to camp. We've got 66 people going with us to camp. And I'm so looking forward to that week. The high for the week in Ellison Bay, Wisconsin, is supposed to be 73. So that's a good week uh, for us. Uh, Campfires and everything else and s'mores and just hanging out with people and um, be a lot of fun. So be praying for us this week. One of the things that we do in here uh, when you leave on this Sunday is I'm going to have a couple of my students, Jaden and Joey, standing at the front door, and they'll have little prayer tents with our campers and leaders' names on them. If you would like to pray for them this week in preparation for next week, if you'd like to write them a letter, send them a care package, all that information is on that prayer tent. So if you would be glad to take one of those, they'll be standing at the door and hand you one of those uh, so that you can, and you don't have to have a prayer tent just to pray for our people. You can do that anyway, uh, but we would greatly appreciate it. And then uh, we'll come back and we're going to do a camp report on that following Sunday on the 27th and uh, hopefully have our music people from camp doing that for us on Sunday as well. So <clears throat> I'm looking forward to that. And then we'll get to 4th of July. I'm going to do something different there. And then on the 11th of July, we'll get into Romans chapter 9. You can pray for me on that because that's a whole nother thing. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's all good. Uh, I love you guys. Thanks for being here, and I will see you next Sunday right here. <laughs>